This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You need to let me finish my sentence, please. It's going to be. I'm going to finish what I'm saying. I'm a very good person. You told us that already. You you haven't to say it again. How's that I'm going to say it again Sutton, until you can hear Sutton, me. Sutton, wait. Hold on. No. You're putting your finger in her face she and she's just asking. I am a good person. I am good. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. But now we said it. But now we said it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're going to be talking all about it. And to be honest, I didn't even get to Dubai this week because Matt's mother's in town and she's staying at the house and we're having a great time. But it's just been a little extra hectic around here. So I didn't even get to watch Dubai, but we've got plenty to talk about with the Beverly Hills Housewives. Also, I think I mentioned last week on the show, I was in this car accident. And I got to tell you this quick little, uh, quick little auto body shop detour because I had gone to a place to just see about getting my back end repaired, right? So I go in and I get out of the car and I'm sort of laughing because I instinctively thought to take out all my CDs. I mentioned this on the podcast before. I still have a my car from high school and college. It's still the same one. I know it's, it is what it is, but it's got the CD six disc changer. So I got all my discs in there. I got my holiday albums are all on the side. And then currently I have in there, you know, my Cheryl Crow. I got my Adele CD. I got my Taylor Swift in there. You know, I got Kelly Clarkson. I got the whole, the six disc changers filled my divas and my non-holiday divas, I should say. And then again, on the side, uh, right above the glove compartment on the little shelf there, I got all my holiday albums, which will definitely uh, come into play in July for Christmas in July. And then again, uh, come October, I'll throw in the Rosie O'Donnell holiday album. So anyway, I was laughing because I'm on the phone with Matt and telling him like, I just got to this auto body shop. They're going to take a quick look, whatever. I was like, oh shit. And I was like, I got to grab my CDs. And I was, I was really giggly anyway. I was just in a giggly mood and I was laughing about how on the phone I was telling him, I was like, got to get that Rosie O'Donnell album. And I'm like, just being over the top. And I'm doing like a bit on the phone with him, right? And then hang up the phone. Then I call my best friend and I'm like talking around on the phone. I'm telling her what's happening. I was like doing the bit again about the Rosie O'Donnell album and how I got to get it from the car so that no one from the auto body shop <laughs> takes the Rosie O'Donnell Christmas CDs, which by the way, there are two of them. It's neither here nor there. The point is, I'm doing this bit and I'm not even really paying attention that there are these other people around me in the waiting room, right? At the auto body shop, which isn't even really a waiting room. I'm like in a garage, right? Around all these like pretty tough men. And I wasn't in West Hollywood, which normally in West Hollywood, it's like all the body shops, everyone's gay everywhere in West Hollywood, right? So I wasn't in, in Kansas anymore. So I was surrounded by people that maybe weren't 
uh, exactly my demographic. You know, they maybe weren't the people who would appreciate the Rosie O'Donnell CDs got to come out of the car. So anyway, this guy, I'm in just the giggliest mood. Like just, I'm, uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm just in a happy go lucky mood. And so this guy there, this really tough guy, and like, he's got marks on him from like the grease and the oil and, you know, people who work in garages. And I assume that he worked there, but he was also just like standing around where I was standing around. Anyway, he must, I didn't hear what he was saying. So I was getting off the phone with my best friend. Then after doing this bit two times about the Rosie O'Donnell city, and then I get off the phone and I, all I hear him say is girl. <laughs> I heard him say girl. And I thought in West Hollywood or somewhere else, or if I'm around my friends or something, when you hear the somebody say girl, you instinctively just say back to them, girl, and you're doing it. You're doing it in like a fun gay way. Like, girl, did you hear about that? Girl, did you see that? Girl, do you know I got the Rosie O'Donnell album in my car? Girl, girl, I know, girl. Like, you could just have a whole conversation uh, with just that one word. So that's what I heard. So I said back to him, I was like, I know, girl, right? I got to get my CDs. And then I sort of laugh. And then he's not laughing. And then I come to realize, like, he wasn't saying girl. He was, like, calling me a girl. So I don't know if he, before that, was saying, like, this dude's a girl or, you know, whatever. Basically insulting me and saying I'm a big old gay, which, yeah, okay. Yeah, of course I am. Uh, but he was insulting me and using girl like, you're a big girl, you know, or look at this pussy girl, or, you know, excuse my language. But that was the kind of vibe he was given was like a hate crime vibe, you know, <laughs> luckily. I mean, I don't want to use that term too lightly, but I'm saying it was like that kind of vibe. It was like, this dude's a girl. Get him out of here. He's girls in the auto body shop garage. Get the girl out of the garage. You know, it was like that kind of vibe, like, get the girl back in the kitchen, you know, meaning like, get me out of the garage. And so then I had realized that right away when this guy's face, as after I said back to him, I know, girl, or what I, I said, like, girl, I know, right? And then, <laughs> and then I saw his face and I was like, oh, no, he's like ready to hate crime me. And so then, of course, I had to like reel in my energy reel it all in. And I think LGBTQ people out there, you know what I'm talking about when you got to reel it in and you suddenly look around and you're like, oh, I'm in a garage. This is maybe not the atmosphere for me to talk about Rosie O'Donnell's holiday albums. You get what I mean? So you have to kind of reel it in. Uh, and I didn't ultimately go with that auto body shop because I got the hell out of there right away. I immediately had to get out of there because I realized this is not the place for me. Uh, and then I went to my laptop and I said, where's the auto body shop in West Hollywood? Because I need someone who knows the term girl in not the hate crime sense. Uh, but it was, it made me laugh and luckily nothing happened. I mean, the guy, he didn't, wasn't ready to do anything other than judge me, uh, for my bits that I was doing on the phone. But he was, girl, girl, I know, girl, right? <laughs> little girl. Little girl. I should have said little girl to this man. Uh, anyway, he was looking at me like, what's this big gay doing in here? Get the big gay out of here. Get him back in the kitchen. Uh, he's talking about his Rosie O'Donnell albums in our garage. Anyway, uh, so we still got to get the car fixed. You know, too much to do this week. I feel like too much going on, too much to do. I'm tired. I need a nap. Uh, but uh, I, luckily, we had a good episode of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills this week. I loved it. Although I'm sort of ready for them to let the mouse go. And by mouse, I mean this whole thing between Sutton and Crystal, which at this point, I don't even quite understand. Crystal was on Watch What Happens Live. Andy asked, like, what was the situation? And then we know there's something about the, the pool and that story that Sutton said when she looked out and everyone was in the, was the hot tub or the pool or whatever with the daughter. Oh, and did you guys see this? The daughter's friend or alleged ex-friend posted a TikTok 
and it said something about how her ex-best friend's mom was racist. I mean, now the TikToks, this girl's putting out TikToks about the pool situation. So it's all getting very confused and very convoluted. And the real House of Beverly Hills, they always are dogs with bones, where it's like, well, we're going to talk about that for a whole season. And without even clearing up what exactly it is we're talking about. Meanwhile, I'm also noticing some of these some of these gals, and I hate to say this, this is not going to be popular, you guys are going to yell at me, but some of these women, they need to toughen up a little bit as housewives. Because at the end of this week's episode, they're all crying. Diana's crying. Crystal's crying. Uh, Sutton's crying. She's, Sutton's trying to take the mic off. She's like, I can't do this. I got to stop filming. And Diana's sitting at the table crying. And I'm thinking... On any of the other Housewife franchises, we wouldn't really have this. We need them to toughen up because over on Jersey, the Jersey gals would call each other garbage whores and they wouldn't break a sweat. They wouldn't be sobbing through a dinner. And it was like these women hadn't even had their appetizer yet. And suddenly Diana's crying, Sutton's crying, Crystal's crying. Uh, I was like, you gals, this is the world of Housewives. And I say that as someone who would be crying as well. If I was in that scene, I certainly couldn't handle it. There'd be no way that I would be able to sit there and have someone yelling at me, and I wouldn't be crying at the table. So I understand that it's not for everyone. But when I'm watching these women, and they're all crying, I didn't even know what they were crying over. Diana's crying. I was like, what is she even crying about? Because she was just yelling at Sutton, and it was like too much emotion. And then Sutton can't even sit at the table anymore. She's Sutton's always losing it. She's always losing it and having to run out, and she's and then the whole scene before when they were surfing, Crystal gets out of the wave, and then all of a sudden starts uh, sobbing for the rest of the afternoon over margaritas, and Erica Bamboozle Jane is just like, let's have some margs, and she's stirring the pot too. Bamboozle Jane is stirring up that pot because she knows she don't want to be the hot topic of the season. She's done being the hot topic. She is done being the hot topic. She's ready to go to another store. She's going to head on over to Claire's or Spencer's at the mall because she don't want to be the hot topic no more. And so Erica Jane is stirring up the pot and she's saying, Sutton said this and she's kind of yelling at Crystal. And then Kyle don't even like Crystal. Oh, we're going to get to it. Anyway, we're, we open the episode in Punta Cana. Is it Punta Cana? I don't know. You guys are going to yell at me again. I said Oregon wrong last week and everyone got all the DMs. <laughs> what did I say? Org? Oregon, or did I say Oregon? I don't know what the fuck I said, you guys. I can't even think straight. I'll tell you what, I'm trying my best. So I, they're in Mexico. Uh, I'm trying my best, though, and that I promise you. This I, promise you. I, <laughs> I added JC to the soundboard because I feel like I talk about him all the time. And he delivers such flawless vo- vocals. So I had to add NSYNC, uh, specifically JC's vocals, to the soundboard. So let's just all enjoy that one more time. This I promise you. Okay, so I promise you that I'm trying. So they're in Mexico. They all brought their glam teams, except for Crystal and Kyle. I don't think Kyle had her glam team because I saw her ironing. She had to iron in the in the hotel room. But I don't love the glam squads, the glam teams. It's kind of becoming too much at this point. And it's just, I've had it. There's so many people there. And I want them interacting with each other more. Because when they didn't have the glam teams, they had to go to each other's rooms. And I don't know, it just feels like it's too much. They have too many other outlets of people. And I need them to be their only outlets, right? Because if they didn't have the glam teams, then Erica Jane couldn't go talk to Mikey Minden and get everything off her chest. She'd have to go to Rena's room, or she'd have to go to Kyle, or Crystal, or Diane. And so it's just a little too much. And Erica even, she talks about refusing to downsize her glam team, because she says, she says uh, it's art. She says that her glam team is art, art. They're artists. 
And she compares it to, oh, this was interesting. So she says in a commercial, she's like, I mean, some people have a big family. I just have a big glam squad. And I was like, what? What the fuck? Like, what did that mean? I didn't even really understand that. She's like, some people have a lot of kids, but I just got a big glam team. It's like, it's not the same. And you're under a lot of legal stuff right now that I don't need, think you need to be paying the whole glam team. Not sure the optics of it. Again, I hope, we hope that she's innocent, but still the optics of it. It's strange you wouldn't rethink the optics of having a hundred people on your Mexico trip. Meanwhile, Crystal's husband uh, directed The Lion King, and she don't even got the glam squad. Kyle's in the number one movie in America, Halloween Kills, the star of that franchise. Not really, it's Jamie Lee Curtis, but uh, she don't have the glam squad. Then Bamboozle Jane, she's living in the the uh, new apartment, and she's got the whole glam squad. Mikey Minden's still on payroll. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I know Mikey Minden must not be cheap. I don't know what the tax returns say, but I know that he he's not just paid lightly, okay? That man must make a good dollar. I bet my bottom dollar, he makes a good bottom dollar because he, we're not just paying him peanuts to be on this show because he's been on reality. This isn't his first rodeo. Mikey Minden's appeared on the Hills. He's been on Orange County Housewives. Like you go back in the history of reality TV franchises, you'll see Mikey Minden pop up here and there. He'll pop up on an episode of pretty much anything. Put on an old episode of Super Nanny. I bet you'll see Mikey Minden pop up and all of a sudden start decorating the nannies. Uh, so he's been around the block. He's not just appearing on Housewives to appear on Housewives. He must be getting paid. And he puts together all those gladiator looks of hers or what? Remember, what was that one look she called like fierce gladiator or something? He's always calling the look something. And so I don't think he's cheap. And then she's also got the assistant, which the assistant can't be cheap. And then you got to pay for travel. Bravo's not paying to bring the glam squad. I know that. You know that. We all know that. If you don't know that, I'm here to tell you. Bravo is not footing the bill. Uh, Bravo can barely keep the lights on as it is. They're not footing the bill for all of these people, uh, extra people to show up on the cast trip. And meanwhile, this cast is a large cast. they got eight cast members, plus a few friends of that are coming soon. Where's Kathy? Uh, they're uh, not footing the bill for all the glam squads, okay? And forgive me for saying that uh, Bravo can barely keep the lights on, but come on. Come on. They're sending the Jersey Housewives to the Jersey Shore every season, okay? The budgets aren't there anymore. Sorry. Love Bravo. Love them. But the fact that the Beverly Hills cast gets to go to Mexico is a pretty astonishing thing, but they're not paying for the, all these other people. They're paying for production camera people, and they're paying for Kyle Richards, paying for her to do the splits out in Punicana or wherever the fuck we are. Uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? Oh, so some of the women, I do have to say, there was a moment where Erica, Bamboozle Jane, and Rena greet each other. You know, I've been saying all season, every time they they see each other, they're like, hey, bitch! Hey, bitch! You know, they're doing a lot of that. And this episode, it got even worse, which I didn't think it could get worse, but it got worse. Because this time, all of a sudden, when Rena was going into the room to greet Erica, it was with a whistle. I have the no, chill. No. It was a whistle. So now she's whistling while she works, uh, li- literally and figuratively, because she's whistling as she gets into the scene with Erica Jane. And I thought it couldn't get any worse than the, hey, bitch. And now we're doing like a loud whistle noise. And Erica's like, I can't. Even Erica was like, I can't hear that anymore. She's like, you need to stop it. Like, <laughs> Bamboozle Jane, who's got really one of the most distinct voices on this entire network, you know, she's like, I can't hear it anymore. Stop it. I don't want to hear that noise. Stop it, the whistling. <laughs> Even she was like, I can't, bitch. Stop. Uh, okay. So then uh, we're really harping on this thing I want to talk about with Sutton. And I'm not 
we're harping on the crystal situation with Sutton, but I'd also like to just add that we're harping on Sutton eating a piece of bacon. Is anyone else feeling that way? Sutton has one piece of bacon, and I feel like we've talked about it for a hundred weeks now. It's been two, three weeks now that I've heard about Sutton eat the one piece of fucking bacon. And I get, like she said, she was a vegetarian or whatever, and she had the piece of bacon, and I get that doesn't make you a vegetarian, whatever. But it does seem like we're putting a lot of energy and screen time into Sutton eat that one piece of bacon at the breakfast one time. And I didn't even know that Sutton was a vegetarian. It's not like that's really a big part of her storyline. So what is this thing about the bacon that keeps coming up? Every time Diana's on screen, she's like, Sutton had the bacon. And it's like, okay, good for her. Like, I don't, I mean, whatever. Like, what does that have to do with anything? It just keeps coming up over and over again. So then, uh, meanwhile, Erica's on new antidepressants. I'm happy for her being open about it. All the gals, they go have lunch before they split off. So before they split off into the surfing lesson and the shopping, then they eat lunch. And I do just want to talk about for at least, like I don't know, how, how long should we do this? Like 52 minutes? Uh, because Erica Jane, she's wearing sunglasses, which are no doubt expensive designer sunglasses. But they very much are giving Midwest gas station dad sunglasses. Do you get what I mean? Like, Go back and look. The sunglasses that Erica was wearing... I swear that my dad had the same pair from a shell station when he's picking up a pack of marble lights back in 93. The same pair. Because it's like that dad, they're very dad Midwest gas station sunglasses. I don't even know how else to explain it. They're very Midwest 90s dad gas station sunglasses. They have the kind, you know, when you go to a gas station on a road trip or something and you just buy a bunch of shit, you know, you go in for Cheetos and a Gatorade. And then you pick up something, you're like, oh, I, f- I lost my sunglasses, or I forgot my sunglasses. Or something. So you go to that rack, and they have the most dad sunglasses. I feel like those are the ones that Erica Jane was wearing. She's wearing this gorgeous designer top. I don't know what it, what the top was, but it was a designer top with them gas station sunglasses. And I'm like, did Mikey Minden pick those? And I think I'm seeing them on the a lot of the young girls now. They must be in style, the dad sunglasses. When did that happen? How did we get the, how did we get here? These gorgeous, beautiful women with uh, tons of money are wearing the gas station dad glasses. It's so weird to me. Gigi Hadid's going to be popping up in the dad Oakleys or whatever. Remember the Oakleys? I don't want to see these gorgeous supermodels wearing the Oakleys. I'm sorry to Oakley, but we need to cool it. But now we said it. Sorry, now I said it. I won't wear those gas station sunglasses. And this I promise you. This I promise you. <laughs> Oh, I'm still giggly. I'm still giggly. I told you I'm running a lot lately, so I got the runner's endorphins running through me. Uh, okay, so then uh, Erica's on the new antidepressants. We talked about that. Oh, Erica also said she's proud to be a bully. Uh, she's really said at lunch. She's like, I'm proud of it. And then it's revealed that Sutton wants to take the L-stats. And Tommy Two-Tones used to grade the bar. So Bamboozle Jane offers to tutor Sutton. She offers to tutor, and I was like, that's something I never could imagine. It's like, they have, Sutton and, and Erica have these moments where they connect in a weird way that's like so, it's not just like casual friends, or it's like, oh, you're besties. Like, they have moments where they're besties, <laughs> and then other moments where they want to murder each other, and uh, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic that I'm noticing. Uh, Rina, though, she's on the vacation after losing Lois. Rest in peace, Lois. And uh, we always talk about how grief appears and it happens in weird ways. And Rinna is seeing birds everywhere. So she's seeing birds. We know in the Housewives franchises that Supernatural plays a large part. Of course, we know on the Roni. Uh, we have Dorinda and the Balloons. And we have Supernatural. But I just have to say that grief presents itself in weird ways. So sometimes 
people show up from the beyond in various ways. And we have to accept that because that's part of the supernatural universe that is the Real Housewives. So it's something I'm aware of. We're doing that. We do some ghost hunting sometimes. I remember on Don't Be Tardy, they went to a ghost hunter's house or something. I watched it on a plane. Uh, I can't believe I just revealed that I watched that on a plane. But I do remember Kim Zolciak going to a ghost hunter's house or something. I do remember that. Uh, oh, and speaking of Dorinda, Dorinda's going to be on the podcast soon because Ultimate Girls Trip premieres next week. So I think we're going to have a bonus episode or maybe it'll be out Sunday. I don't know. I'm going to try to work the schedule, but uh, we have an interview with Dorinda coming out very soon. So please stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the podcast and you'll get all the updates. Uh, speaking of, maybe we should, that's a good place to take our break. Let's take our commercial break and we'll come back and talk more about the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino and we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Girl, we're back. Little girl. <laughs> okay, so Real House of Beverly Hills. Where were we? We, we talked about Rena and the birds. The birds are showing up everywhere. And I mean, again, we're giving everyone grace who's gone through grief, but I do have to laugh that it's like, I'm seeing birds outside. And it's like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) 
again, I, no shade to Rena on this one, but it is funny. It's like, yeah, I, I came out of my hotel room and there were birds. So it was like definitely Lois. And I was like, well, there are birds, you know, but everyone processes it differently. And I do believe that. I do believe that people come from the beyond in different weird ways. Like, I don't know. I kind of believe that. I don't, and I'm going to be one of those people, by the way. Just know that when somebody near me passes and if they say, they have a connection to butterflies. And every time I see a fucking butterfly, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. So that's who I am as well. Uh, but Rena was walking outside the hotel and she's like, I went right outside and there was the bird. Saw Lois. And it was like, <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, so then uh, the gals go in the water on the beach. They go in the water. And Kyle was Kyling. And what I mean by that is the Splits Richards was just in the water. And she's like, something bit my butt. Ah! You know, she was getting the attention. You know how she does that? It's like very much that uh, I was a child actor. I need the t- attentions off me. I need the attention kind of thing. Because, you, yeah, there was like a wave that came up. And it was like, she wasn't really the center of attention. She needed it. And so she said, oh, the bug bit my ass. Then uh, some of the gals go surfing. This is when Rinna or I don't know, one of the, Rinna or Erica was already on the surfboard. And the other one was coming from like, I don't know, taking a number two or something. And they were like, get over here, bitch. And it was like shouting in the midst of Mexico on this beautiful resort. And I think this was the beach probably by the resort. And it was like, get over here, bitch. And I was just like, this is <laughs> the, the way that Erica and Rena greet each other. It's just like, so it's a lot of bitch and we're on the beach and I have a potty mouth. I never used to think that I had a potty mouth until I started this podcast. And then I, and I edit the podcast myself too. So I hear myself and I'm like, man, I never thought I talked that way. I'm like constantly, I don't know, saying stuff and having a dirty mouth or talking about sucking a dick or something. You know? <laughs> I never thought I, I thought it was like a nice, sweet boy. And then all of a sudden I'm editing my podcast. I'm like, Danny, you need to cool out. And believe me, you guys let me know. You send me messages and say, Danny, why'd you have to talk about that? It's inappropriate. And it is what it is. But. Uh, I even feel that these bitch, the bitch between the Kyle and Erica yelling at, get over here, bitch. Hey, bitch. I think that needs to cool up because if I was running that resort, if I was the surf instructor or something, I mean, I don't know. It felt a little inappropriate. Am I the only one? Am I being too conservative or buttoned up about that? I feel like it's, uh, it's aggressive. And then the other gals go shopping and on the way to shopping, Kyle reveals that she had an alligator in her pool. You know how I feel about alligators. I think longtime listeners know how I feel about the alligators. Remember, they turned into the meth gators in Florida because the meth was getting in the sewage system, which ultimately that ended up being like a hoax. Did you guys know? I don't think we ever talked about how it was a hoax. There were these stories about the gators in Florida accidentally having the meth that people would flush down the toilets, and then they would turn into these meth gators, like these supercharged meth gators. And then it was revealed that was like a an online rumor or something that was just spread. You got to be careful what you read on the internet. Fake news is everywhere. And this was a real problem for me in my household because I don't always follow like the exact news, but I do follow like the weird news. So it's hard for me to keep up with exactly what's going on in Congress. You know, I try my best, but uh, sometimes it gets overwhelming. I got to take a step back. But when it comes to like a weird story about meth gators, I'm all on top of that. Like that was a story I was following closely. I was getting Google alerts. I was like ready to go. And I was bringing it up any dinner conversation I could. Anytime I was out to eat with friends or anything, I would be like, hey, did you guys hear about the meth gators? And they're like, okay, Danny, you told us about the meth gators. You know, I repeat myself too. You guys know that. If you listen to the podcast, you're like, Danny, stop telling the stories again. Because I don't know what I say when. And then sometimes I was telling everyone about the meth gators. And then I found out that it wasn't even real. 
it was like a fake news story, which that makes me question Russia in general, but also like, because aren't, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there like, aren't people like creating false narratives and false news? And don't people think a lot, I don't know, I'm going to sound so stupid, but don't people think it's like Russian bots? <laughs> I sound like such a dummy. I'm a dummy. Anyway, I, people think it's like Russian bots creating these false narratives, right? Don't listen to anything I say, by the way, because I'm a dummy. Uh, but so why is the, what's the point of creating the false news about the meth gators? I mean, I don't get it. What was the ultimate goal there? To just get people scared of meth, to get scared of gators? Like, why were the Russians going after the gator community? Unclear. Anyway, that's, how did we get here? Oh, Kyle's got the gator in the pool. So then she sold the house, which I would have done in a second. If you, if I see a gator, oh, I'm not interested. I'm not, I'd rather be face to face with a grizzly bear than a gator. If I were to walk in my backyard and see a big ass gator, mm-mm. no, I don't know how people do it in Florida or in some of these climates where they do find the, those animals, they're dinosaurs. They're dinosaurs. I'm sorry. You can call them alligators all you want, but that's a dinosaur. And they should, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Keep them in Jurassic Park. I don't want to see them in my backyard. Uh, anyway, she sold the house. And then, uh, oh, so they get to, this was interesting. And I like to discuss this for a little while. They get to the shop and splits Richards. Of course, she needs attention on her. And I don't know if I missed something. I might've got up to go to the bathroom or went to get a drink or something, but I come back into the room and I look at the TV and Kyle, the Splits Richards, is doing an old-timey baseball accent. And I had no idea what she was doing. It was like as if she was doing a character at the Groundlings. She was doing an SNL character reel and she was doing playing an old-timey like baseball coach or something, as if she was Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. All of a sudden, I'm like, what is Splits doing? She's like, she's like, oh, old-timey, I'm at the baseball game. Peanuts, peanuts. And she was like, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then it just ended. <laughs> I swear I thought I was in like Twilight Zone or something. I was like, what did I miss? Why is she doing that? And I get the only thing I think of is like she put on a hat, but then I, I guess was she saying like her, the hat was like that or something? I didn't know what the fuck was going on. She's like, get your peanuts, get your peanuts. And I'm like, what the fuck is Splits doing? Always looking for attention. But she would have been right at home on the groundling stage, I'll tell you that. Then um, Erica is with um with crystal and she's really pushing the crystal sutton narrative and she's like you gotta say what you mean and don't let put it up with her calling you a liar and all that shit she's really pushing it because she wants the heat off her kyle meanwhile over at the shopping center she's calling crystal manipulative and kyle says she heard about this problem that crystal had that sutton brought up last week about the 14 friends now we do know that crystal was friends with teddy before joining the show. I think they were friends, or maybe that's part of what happened there. So I wonder if Teddy, we need to get to the bottom of that with Teddy. Like, But are they still friends? Or I don't know, we need to get to the bottom of all this. But I don't quite understand the, how do I say this? The exactness of having 14 friends feels very high school to me, right? Like, I don't know how many friends I have. Even though I think as you, as you become an adult, like you do have different pockets of friends, right? Like you have your work friends or you have your friends from that you do this with, uh, your friends that you do that with, or, you know, I have like my movie friends or I have my friends that I do like, uh, if I'll play, I don't know, ride bikes with or do sports stuff with. And then I have my friends that I know from improv and comedy days. And then I know my friends from over, you have the different groups, the family friends and, 
each of those groups, like I don't have an exact number because people come and go and sometimes people move away or people uh, have kids and they don't really get to hang out as much anymore as whatever it is. There's always people coming in and out for various reasons in all of those different groups. So the fact that we know that there's like this group of 14 and the 14 girls decided Crystal's not going to be friends with us anymore. It's like, that's weird and high school and fucked up. And so I have to just be on the side of Crystal for this part, which I'm not always, I'm not going to lie. I'm not really on the side with Crystal because I do think that Crystal's at fault for some stuff because Kyle said later in the episode, she's like, how could 14 people all of a sudden decide to drop you like a hot potato? So I do see both sides of that. However, I have to side with Crystal because it feels so high school to me to say, we have 14. And I just imagine those girls being like, we have 14. And I remember in my high school, the girls, there was like a this clique of girls that were like the 18 or I forget how many of them, but there was a specific number. And I think it was 18. And I said, oh, the, the 18. And they like would write in each other's yearbooks and the 18. And they it was like all about that number. And it was so exclusion, exclusionary. Exclusion. What did I say? Exclusionary? Is that a word? Yeah. It was so exclusive or ex- whatever. Um, not nice. It was not nice. They were bitches is what I'm trying to say. And not all of them. I was friends with some If they're listening, I love you guys. But um, they were very exclusive, exclusionary too. And that's what this feels like to me. That's what it feels like. But I don't think Crystal's innocent because I see things in Crystal that I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. It does... There are things that I, I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to look at Chris a little bit where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to go to watch what happens or, or bravotv.com to find out more information about Crystal. Uh, but uh, we're, we're getting to the bottom of it. She's only been around one season. So this is the sophomore season. This one, we get to learn more. Because uh, season one, I feel like everyone kind of skates by, and nowadays season one housewives, they want them to look good so that they can come back. And so now we're in season two. We're going to have to find out. We're going to have to find out. Uh, but when it comes to these 14 girls, I'm siding with Crystal on that one. I'm siding with her on that one. On that one. I didn't really understand why she was crying exactly. The only thing I could think of was like Crystal at one point was saying like, I'm not, I'm trying to be good at this. I want to be good at this or something. And I think what she was really saying is like, I want to be good at housewifery. And she's feeling like she's not good at housewifery. And I even think that's what happened with Diana and with Sutton later in the episode when they're crying. It's like they're trying to be good at housewifery. They're not concerned with how they are as people or their relationship with each other. It's like all about like, I'm trying to do a good job for the show. And I think that's ultimately what Crystal was crying about. It's like, I'm trying to be good on the show, but it's hard for me. And I don't even think Sutton has anything to do with it. I think it's like, there was this thing with Sutton, but I think in that moment of uh, post-surfing when Crystal's crying and Erica's coming after her, like, you got to stick up for yourself. What did you mean? And all the women are like saying, what do you mean? What's this word mean? And what did you mean by that word? And Crystal's crying because she's like, everyone leave me alone. Like, it's too much. and I'm trying to be a good housewife, but it's like hard for me. And so I think that's ultimately what she's sad about. Don't get me wrong. I think there was also something weird that happened with Sutton because and especially after Sutton's uh, daughter's friend came out with the TikTok, I'm looking differently at that situation too. I'm looking at that situation differently. The little girl came out with the TikTok and I was all ears. Little girl. Little girl. <laughs> little girl comes out with the TikTok and we're all ears. Okay. Uh, so then we all go to dinner and we're talking about, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, we haven't even gotten to this yet. So remember how I told you on the podcast before there were all these rumors about Diana, but I hadn't, I hadn't gone and 
and dug deep on any of them because I was just sort of waiting for them to broach it on the show. But I saw some headlines and there were people saying things about a, being a madam and all this stuff. Well, it comes out because there was this book called Room 23. And this book apparently came out another episode and Rinna trying to produce the show. She was like, let's talk about the book again, because I don't know. She wanted to bring it up again because there are all these rumors about the madam. Now, Rinna was apparently in the book with their boobies out. She had the, she was topless and she was showing off the boobies. She looked amazing. Great bod. Good for her. Uh, we're sex positive here. Uh, but Rinna tells Diana, Hey, let's talk about the book. And Diana's like, I don't want to talk about the book again. She's like, we talked about it already. And I was laughing so hard because it was like, well, you got to talk about it again because producers were in Rena's ear and saying, hey, bring up the book again. So then we hear that Diana says in her confessional, she doesn't want to talk about it again because there are all these rumors about this book, Room 23. And again, I don't feel like they did a good job explaining it because I didn't really understand, but maybe some of you are smarter than me. I'm a big dummy. And you caught on. But it was like something about, like I saw Robert Downey Jr.'s name. And then there was something about her being a, a sex trafficker and a madam, it all happened so fast. And I, I wanted them to take a beat on this because I felt like this was important information that we, we pretty very quickly went through where the producer was like, so you're not a sex trafficker. And I was like, well, why are they asking her? Did anyone else feel like that happened too quickly? Because I had like some passing knowledge of these rumors. And so I feel like I at least had some understanding that there were these rumors. But most viewers probably were a little confused. And it was like 30 seconds of a producer being like, so you're a sex trafficker. And she's like, nope. And then we moved on. And I was like, we should have taken our breath a bit, taken a beat here, explained to the audience what it is about this book or the madam situation or the sex trafficking or or what the fuck Robert Downey Jr. had to do with it. Because I saw them put his name on screen. It was like highlighted on screen. Like, no one explained it. Meanwhile, we're spending time talking about how Sutton ate a piece of bacon once. And, I, like, that time could have been better utilized with this Diana Jenkins being a madam. Do you, Am I right or am I right? I mean, what are we doing spending time with Sutton eating a piece of bacon? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't need—I We. I don't give a shit that she had a piece of bacon and that she's sometimes a vegetarian. I don't give a fuck. I want to hear about this thing about Diana Jenkins being a possible sex trafficker madam or the rumors thereabouts— Okay, I'm not saying it's true, it's all legend, but let's tell me what's alleged, because I don't even understand. And what does the book got to do with it? Because it, it looked like a photography book. Did it have text in it? Like, what? Is that why they thought, like, what? I don't get it. I don't get it. This is like the new cop without a badge. Somebody needs to get this book, and we need somebody to set it on the table. If Bamboozle Jane really wants to keep the attention off herself, that's what she'll do. She'll head on over to the library, go to the local library, pick up that book, Hopefully, Baby Boozle Jane will also pick up a copy of my book called How Do I Unremember This on sale now. And she'll come and bring it on the table on camera. Just remember, remember Danielle Staub just set it on the table and then Teresa flipped the table and called her prostitution whore? That's history. And so I need Bamboozle Jane to go on over to the library, go to her local Barnes and Noble, local indie bookstore, pick up room 23. I gotta see, I gotta pick up room 23 now. And is it tie? I, I don't even understand the ties of that book. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to have to research this because I don't understand the ties of this book and how it could even relate to the madaming or whatever. I don't, I need to look this up. I'm confused. Um, anyway, so then we talk about the Crystal Sutton of it all. It's kind of boring. Erica and Rena seemingly are sticking up for Crystal and Erica's really stirring the pot. At one point, Garcelle was like, Erica, you're bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> 
I loved that. I have the no, chill. No. I loved that. She's like, you're bugging the shit out of me. And Garcelle's over it. At one point, she's like, what's wrong? Everyone's nuts. She's like, I'm having my artichoke. She just checked out. She's like, I mean, my artichoke. And I know it was just an artichoke, but I was wishing in my head it was like an artichoke dip, like a spinach artichoke dip. That's what I was fantasizing about when she said the word artichoke. Anyway, uh, we talk about this stuff, and I'm kind of not even understanding it. Diana butts in, and that's what pisses off Sutton. And then Sutton's like, we played that clip at the beginning. She's like, I'm a good person. And then Sutton storms off. She's like, I need to take a break. Kyle goes with her, and Kyle's like, you got to keep the mic on, because Kyle knows how to produce. Kyle knows what she's doing. So she's talking to Sutton and she's like, Oh, tell me. She's like, you got to keep your cool. What Kyle's really saying is like, you need to keep your cool enough to keep the mic on. She's like, we can't lose the mic. That's Kyle knows we, if we lose the mic, then this storyline's over. So you need to keep the mic pack on. And so splits Richards did a good job of that. I'm proud of her. Got to give Kyle the props. Got to give Kyle the props on that one. And by the way, I do have to just salute Kyle on this other thing. I know we're not always nice to Kyle, the Splits Richards on this program, but I'm going to really commend her this week because she's been on vacation for upwards of two days, and I haven't seen her do the splits not once. And for Kyle, that's a lot. For her to go two days on a group vacation without doing the splits when there are margaritas involved, whew, I'm proud of that woman. I am, We should need to give her something, an award or something. Somebody give her a Nobel Peace Prize because I haven't seen that woman show that much restraint in the 10-plus years she's been on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So, Kyle, I'm giving you your props, and I know people don't always like it, but I'm saying you're doing a good job, a good job, two plus, upwards of two days, maybe one night, one night and two days, has done the splits once on a vacation to Mexico, no less, which she's very comfortable in Mexico. We've seen that she had, they opened the agency, she's happy there, and yet not once, unless they edited it out. Maybe they realized we got tired of watching her do the splits. Uh, but I haven't seen splits do the splits once. And so I'm proud of her. Proud of her. Uh, Kyle does, though, she sticks up against Crystal. Kyle obviously hates Crystal. She very clearly, and she's being nice about it. She's just kind of throwing her under the bus in the confessional. She's like, well, I've heard these things about Crystal too, and I believe them. But really what she's saying is like, I fucking hate Crystal. Like, Kyle would never, she's played this game long enough to know that she would never, she should never go on camera and say, I hate this person or whatever, because she knows that ultimately in the span of the franchise, you need to like them one minute, hate them the next, and you can never feel uh, too strongly either way because it ruins your storylines for the future. She knows that one season she might hate Sutton, but she's going to have to film with Sutton for two more seasons. So she's got to kind of be a little mean, but not mean enough. She's got to say how she feels, but not completely. Kyle knows how to play this game better than anyone on this fucking show. So she knows that she can't just get in the confessional and be like, yeah, I heard these things too, and I fucking hate Crystal. But that's what she's saying. I just want us all to be clear that that's what Kyle feels, and that's clear to me. She hates Crystal. And by the way, I think Crystal hates Kyle because I saw Crystal on Watch What Happens Live, and it seems like it's going to be a great reunion. Ladies, am I right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, so then there's, um, uh, yeah, all these whispers around town about the 14 women who ditched Crystal or something. I don't know. I didn't even understand. Let's get him on the show then. Let's get him on the show. We already got eight cast members on this franchise. Let's bring in 14 more. I don't care if you got to open up the budget on, uh, get rid of the budget on some other show. I don't know. Let's cancel Summer House, Winter House, whatever we got to do to get these 14 women. Cause I need to hear from them. 
I need to hear from this group of women because I'm confused about the situation. I'm, I don't quite know which side to be on. I don't ultimately know who's telling the truth, who's right, who's wrong. So I'm going to need these 14 women in front of the red light and in a confessional immediately. Stat, you hear me, Bravo? I don't care where we got to get the money. And we might not, we might need to cancel BravoCon or maybe we just up the ticket price of BravoCon. I mean, just up the ticket price 20 bucks more than what you were going to charge. And I'm sure that can help out a, a significant portion. And we might need to drop the budgets of some of We might need to drop the pay of some of these other women. I'm sorry. But we might need to reduce Kyle's pay. We might need to get rid of some longtime housewife that aren't bringing it. And get rid of some people that can't handle it. You know, I said this week on the show, a lot of these newbies, Sutton, Crystal, Diana, they're breaking down early. So we may need to get rid of them and try out some of them 14 women who are on the periphery ready to talk. So I need to get them mic'd. I need to know what's going on. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Next week, Diana and Sutton get into it. Denise, Denise, Denise. I thought we'd never see Denise again. And here I'm thinking we might see Denise again. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. If we get a Denise Richards appearance this this, uh, season, you guys... I want it. I want it. I need to see Denise just pop back in in those jean shorts, in her jorts. Just show up on screen in those jorts. I need it with that crazy Big Dick Aaron. I miss Big Dick Aaron. He's nuts. He's nuts. Big Dick Aaron. And there's a lot of stuff in the news about Denise and Charlie and the daughter and his OnlyFans. And there was a Page Six article about that. So if you ask me, I still got questions for our dear Denise Richards. And so I need her and Big Dick Aaron to get back on screen and, and mic them up too, along with those 14 other ladies. Mic up Big Dick Aaron, because I need to hear from him. I need to know what's going on. I miss him. I miss him. I miss him. Uh, okay. Oh, speaking of, we got the Ultimate Girls Trip coming next week. And I think that we have Brandy on that franchise. We also have Tamara. And there are these rumors that like the Denise stuff comes up on that. Very excited. I don't know if it will or not, but I'm, I'm excited. Uh, what else happens next week on the show? Uh, Diana gets stung by a, a jellyfish. Oh, Rinna reveals that she reached out to Denise, which is exciting. And then Erica gets wasted. She says she's drunk and she's like, I used to have a boat. It was called the illegal. I had a boat called the illegal. Um, so we're going to hear more about that. That boat was called the illegal though. I have questions. I have questions. 
Anyway, you guys, that was this week's episode. I love you all so much. Sorry we didn't talk about Dubai at all. Again, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. My boyfriend's mom's in town. We're doing stuff. We got, I got to take the car and I got other, I'm doing another writing gig right now. I'm tired. Danny needs a nap. Danny needs a nap. So this Sunday, I'm going to do my best to get an Atlanta recap out. Maybe we'll just do the Dorinda interview. I don't know. We're going to see. I'm going to do everything I can, do everything I can. But uh, I also need to scale back where I can. You know what I mean? And I love you all. I never want to scale back from you because this is also, uh, this is therapeutic for me to get all these things off my chest. I mean, I couldn't have watched this episode of of The Real House of Beverly Hills and not talk to you guys because I felt like we had so much. Did we get through it all? I mean, I feel like we're just scratching the surface about the Madam Room 23 stuff. Why was it called Room 23? Wasn't there a, a, a movie with Jim Carrey called The Number 23? Am I making that up? I didn't see that one. Although I did see the one where he did with the penguins, Mr. Popper's penguins. I And I just watched the new, uh, while we're here, I just watched the new Sonic movie, Sonic Adventure 2 or whatever. Fucking loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I don't know if you got kids or even if you don't watch the new Sonic. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Had a great time. Oh, I just watched the new J-Lo doc. You guys, we got to talk about this for, I'm sorry. I know I was wrapping things up, but the J-Lo doc on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. The most fascinating part. I mean, it's all good. And I, I it's interesting to see your career and how much she works and preparing for the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But the real meat of it. The real fun part of watching it is seeing how they edited out A-Rod because he's very clearly was a part of her life during the whole taping of this. I would imagine the Super Bowl was in 2019 and they were filming the documentary over that whole period of time. And what I think happened was they did the documentary and they probably sent J-Lo a cut and there was probably lots of A-Rod footage in there. And they were like, oh, we gotta, we gotta get rid of the A-Rod. I bet you J-Lo was like, uh-uh, absolutely not. We're not showing one shot of A-Rod. And so you could kind of see like the back of his head or you're like, oh, that's his neck. But they don't ever show his face. It's like completely blurred and you don't see him at all, but you know he's there because you know he was at the inauguration with her, which they show that at the end. You know he was around at the Super Bowl. Like he was at all this stuff with her. They were in a heavy, I think they were even engaged. And yet they, have Ben Affleck do a talking head. No one else does really a talking head other than I think JLo and the manager. And then we get one, one talking head from Ben Affleck where he sits down and he filmed it recently. It's like a new thing, but it was like one, they were like, we got to get Ben in there. So I believe that they showed her a cut in like 2020. They were going to air it in 2020. And then JLo saw it was like, we got to edit out A-Rod. And then she was like, we need to get Ben in there. But watch it with that lens. Like, just look for A-Rod. It's like, where's Waldo? But you're just looking for the back of A-Rod's head. And meanwhile, he's probably fucking Texan Madison. I bet you when we see him in the documentary, we see the back of his head. He's probably on his phone texting Madison from Southern Charm. Because that's what he was doing. Remember, he got caught doing that. He was, like, sending her DMs and shit. And that was probably when J-Lo's busy fucking doing the whole fucking Super Bowl. She's premiering Hustlers, her movie. She's doing the red carpets. She's doing the award circuit. She's prepping for the Super Bowl. Then she's seen at the inauguration. Meanwhile, that asshole is just texting Madison from Southern Charm. And he, I don't believe that he's like us texting Madison from Southern Charm because I'm sure a lot of us uh, listeners and myself included have DM Madison time or two to get spoilers from Southern Charm. And I don't think that's what A-Rod was doing. I think he was trying to get some sex. And so uh, that asshole was doing that while she's filming this documentary, doing this documentary and all these big major life events. I mean, what an asshole. What? And meanwhile, you look at her and you're like, she's so fucking hot. Okay. She's so hot. And he's texting someone else. 
I mean, I hope she's happy now. It's an interesting documentary, though. Interesting doc. Uh, And that's all I want to say. Oh, Marcel the Shell, too. I got to tell you about Marcel the Shell. I saw this movie. It's called Marcel the Shell. It's based on this viral video from years ago, which I wasn't familiar with, but also there's kids' books. And now there's a full-length movie. And it's the sweetest movie. And it's weird and amazing. And it'll make you just feel... I don't know, feel love and happiness. And it's just, be- it's one of the most beautiful movies I've seen. I-, I literally saw it and they're doing previews around the country. And then I think it comes out at the end of this month or July. And I just have to tell you, go see Marcel the shell. I-, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I loved it so much and it was just fantastic. And I want to thank a 24 for inviting me to see it because I feel like it, it changed me, you know, <laughs> that movie where the, um, that song from Wicked where it's like, I have been changed for good. I have been changed for good since seeing that, that uh, moving shell. It's just a shell. I don't even know how to explain it. Go watch the trailer because it's confusing to explain, but it's like the cutest little shell. And it's kind of for families and kids, but like I think any age would love it. Like I really can't think of any age who wouldn't be like, this is the best movie ever. Uh, okay, that's all. Should we do our cool down? Let's take a breather. Let's all take a deep breath in. We need to hold it. Let's hold up. We need the break. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, I want to promise you something. I want to promise you that I'm sending <laughs> that I'm sending all my love your way. Girl, girl. Uh, stay safe and we'll talk soon. Okay, love you bye.